Hello, hi, welcome. This is the Complete Guide to Coholent. Ryan and Zach are here to talk to you Hello. about yes. Tile H3. Three. We're in the Telltale Heights, I think? Yeah. Uh, my notes say, no enemies. No enemies. Um, I, I like that that's become my thing on this podcast. I always check the enemy count. Well, you're obsessed with your enemies. I. And, ugh, you don't know how many... We'll come back to the discarded topics discussion on a different episode, but I've got a lot of stuff to say about that. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, this is a very boring tile in the original. Um, is just, you know, making uh, Tall Tall Heights more of an open space. But in the Switch remake, they add a warp point here. All right. And they add it specifically because the, uh, I forget what you call it, Dompe's Hut is south of here. Yep. They now, did. when we did H4, H4, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked about how there was nothing in H4 to begin with, except for a Moblin. Uh, and then Cohen. in the deluxe version, there was the camera hut, and we talked about the camera hut. But uh, that was before the remake came out, so we didn't get a chance to talk about the chamber dungeon oh. mechanic in Dompe. We should talk about that, because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, let's explain it real fast. Dompe has returned from Ocarina of Time. Uh, no one knew when Ocarina of Time came out that Dompe would be such a compelling recurring character. He shows up he a is. lot. Yeah. And he is great. I love him. Oh, he's good. And he's like he's... <laughs> multi-purpose. And somebody at Nintendo must like him because they keep putting him in the games. Yeah. Uh, he's usually a grave digger, but here he's not digging any graves. He is making dungeons by putting tiles into a stone grid. Yeah. And he encourages you to get like the the tiles of dungeons from uh, elsewhere in the game, dungeons that you've beaten... Uh, some of those, the ones that are nice, even one-by-one one things, you can put into this grid and make your own dungeons. Which sort is of. a neat idea. Sort of. Yeah. You can't really... The uh, We'll come back to that in a second. <sighs> yeah. The main thing is, what, he's, what he does is he's like, okay, make a dungeon with these prerequisites. It has to fill up all of the uh, empty parts in this grid. They'll make an outline for you. Like, yeah. like a pattern if you're like sewing, but instead you're putting tiles in it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, there has to be this many keys or something. I forget what, you it, know, like, or it has to be beatable without a sword. Yeah. Is one of them. There's a lot of different parameters that uh, he will assign to that. Like, you need to put this many underground entrances, you need to put this many uh, mini boss tiles. Et cetera, et cetera, uh, you need to do this many, uh, or you need to be able to beat it in three minutes after you build it. And this because then after you build it, you have to beat it. Right, right, right. It's a, it's a you have you can't just create junk. You have to create actual workable dungeons. Yes, and I like that a lot. It was a fun feature. Like, it, the challenge becomes not just well, okay, how can I build a dungeon that satisfies these constraints? Because that ends up being pretty trivial to do. But the question is, how can I make this the easiest dungeon that satisfies these constraints? Absolutely. And that's fun. And that becomes a very big puzzle game where you're sitting there slotting stuff in and moving things around in a way to create, like, basically two dungeons. One where there's four tiles I'm going to pass through to be able to beat this. And yes. then the other where I've got ten junk tiles over here that will not contribute to this that 
exist and confer- conform to the rules as established, but have no bearing on the dungeon otherwise. He says there have to be all the, like, t- five or ten tiles with stairs on them. Yep. And I'm like, okay, you're going to get your tiles with stairs on them, but I'm not going to go into those stairs and into those side-scrolling Exactly. Uh, it's worth it to say that the, um, the, the, the dungeon-making, like, apparatus that you're using is very, it's not, before it came out, people were kind of hoping it'd be full on Mario Maker, where you right, can right. get really granular with it and create and, like, link things together, do, do a lot more stuff than what actually is present. What ends up right. happening is it all logics itself out in such a way that all that happens with, like, chests are that you need to have enough chests to have keys for all locked doors present in the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. And that's about you the You don't get rule. to decide what goes in the chests. No. They just populate themselves based on the order that you open them. So that you get all the keys that you need, yeah. and then they're like, well, then you can have rupees too. So you will have to open every chest in order to get through the dungeon, so you end up having to front load all your chests into the part of the dungeon you care about, yeah. or else you're going to have a chest way off in the middle of nowhere that you're going to have to do all this work to get to. And there's a yeah. lot of these challenges, so you don't want to spend that much time doing these. No. Uh, I mean, it kind of sucks that like the challenge to the player becomes, how can I... like eliminate this inconvenience to myself as Uh much as possible but that ends up being the fun part there's there is some fun in that yeah i kind of i kind of liked it in in a way when you when you look at it like that and not as like an actual dungeon creation tool right because they give you a chance to do you know free play just make whatever dungeon you want with these pizzas and you can't do anything interesting with them yeah the tiles themselves are not negotiable of what's inside of them you can't change the exits and entrances on the sides you can't change the contents. You can't change the locked doors or sealed doors or anything like that. You uh, can't, like, put the bombs in a chest and so, like, let the player have to, you know, actually design the dungeon where there's a bombable wall where, but you don't have bombs and then you find the bombs and then you come back to the bombable wall. There's none of that. So when you end up uh, trying to freely create stuff, like I did, because I got through all the challenges, and was like, okay, I'm going to make, some, I'm gonna try and recreate some Zelda dungeons here. Uh, you run into walls really quickly where it's just like, I can't, with the pieces here, I can't create what I want. Right. I cannot recreate level 9 from LZ because there's just straight up not the right number of mm-hmm. tiles that have the right exits to make that work. Um, and the thing is, the developers came up with something cool that you could do with the tiles in these dungeons. What they came up with was these challenges, that's the cool thing that they added to this game. Right. Having free play kind of falls out of that, but the free play is never going to be really good or satisfying or no, interesting. Not in the way and you it want. And what's never supposed to be. That's not what they wanted to do. Exactly. They weren't trying to make Zelda Maker. Exactly. But as soon as people saw a trailer where Dompe was like, you know what? You can put uh, tiles together and make a dungeon. Everyone's thinking, oh my gosh, Zelda Maker. I mean... I, I, so they were disappointed. I, right, but. right. But maybe this is a, you know, a backwards, like, proof of concept to be like, somebody somebody at Grezzo's like, hey, look, look, people really want this. See? See? So maybe. I think someone said, like, someone at Nintendo said, if this is popular enough, um, maybe we'll go ahead and make Zelda Maker. But that's kind of like your parents saying... If you get really good at this with this toy button accordion that plays three different notes, maybe we'll get you a piano. Maybe if you brush your teeth every day, we'll go to Disneyland. Uh, well, that's not like what I'm saying. I and I, 
I'm ignoring what you're saying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the the good use I did find for the free create stuff was for rupee farming. Yeah. Because there are some very easily manipulatable dungeon designs mm-hmm. that you can make a three room dungeon where you just get like 150 rupees every time you go through it in like 20 seconds. Yep. Because you can make these super short where it's just like, I'm going to go to this room, I'm going to grab the key, the boss is in the next room, and I picked the boss, I picked the uh, the color dungeon boss that takes about five seconds to beat. Color dungeon boss is very good for uh, making dungeons that are very easy. I also would do Moldorm a lot. I did Moldorm until I got the color dungeon boss, and then I was like, oh no, I'm color dungeon boss all the way. That guy okay. is a chump. I can just pull, okay. I can pull the arrows out and beat him in like five seconds. It's great. Yeah. And then I started to feel guilty about only using the easiest bosses, but I do not want to fight anglerfish again. Yeah, it's like, why bother? I gotta get through another 20 of these challenges. I don't need to spend four minutes fighting anglerfish. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a cool addition. It's, uh, it, for what it is, exactly, for a set of challenges that the game wants you to figure out. And not for anything beyond that. And it's better yeah. than bringing back the camera mode, which would have been weird i guess i don't know someone was like how could you possibly like what a stupid move to eliminate camera mode in this age of everyone sharing photos all the time but the thing is because you have the screenshot button on the switch there's no reason to have a camera like unless it was going to be one of the well there's a lot of games that do really good like well like odyssey mario odyssey has a really good camera mode where you can just like like, peel out and get free control over the camera to, like, yeah. do a scene with, like, filters and stuff. And, like... Well, and that... Gosh, that specific thing would be really good in this game because you never get close enough to the little doll models. But I wonder how much of the game's world would survive that amount of scrutiny because these aren't... It's a 3D world, but it's not... It's only designed from one perspective, right? It's, it is, but, like, I think they modeled the backs of all the trees. But maybe you know maybe they didn't. Uh, maybe there's maybe there's seams you would start to see if you got free control of the camera. Yeah, because that stuff. Happens. I would I would like to try that out. I don't think that that means that there should be a camera hut or that the camera hut would add anything. No, but you know if they let's say Grezzo gets another crack at a two D Zelda on the Switch, maybe that's something yeah. they would look and do. I hope Grezzo gets another crack at a two D like make their own two D Zelda. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I, Use I, the Link's Awaken. Well, now you were saying... Do we have time for this? I have all kinds of time today. <clears throat> you said at one point that you were pretty sure Link's Awakening Switch uses the Breath of the Wild engine. At least in some regards. It's very similar. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, okay, obviously I'm not I'm not a programmer. I do not work for Nintendo. Um, but it feels very similar in gameplay to that. But maybe it's something fresh and new. I don't actually know. The level of physics... Is definitely suspicious. As far as it being new versus that, or as far as it being very similar to... As far as, like, if I'm programming a... If you're going from the ground up to make a remake of Link's Awakening, it does not occur to you to implement, like, the detailed falling objects rolling over themselves that you see in the trendy game. Mm. That I think um, trendy game's an outlier, though. I think trendy game is something that they... I don't know. Well, I think if uh, assuming you're right and they used the Breath of the Wild engine, then they had all that physics. They were like, "Oh, we don't need this for Link's Awakening." But what if the claw game was ridiculous? 
Right, right, right. I think they're. I don't. I, I. I don't know. I don't know what they were. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. I've never. Anyways, um, it's tough to say, but I don't know. I, I, I. They did link between worlds, right? And then they went and used that engine to go make that a uh, uh, Triforce, Triforce Heroes. Heroes. So maybe now that they've got a two D Zelda ish engine in place on the Switch, it would not be too difficult for Grezzo to pump something out that would be fun to play. No. Uh, I'd be into that. You Link's too. Awakening 2. The Inverted Island. The Inverted Island. Um, But that's it for H3, where there's nothing. You know where else is nothing? <laughs> oh, boy. We got, where? We got to do 08 next. Boom!